0: She's got huge tits.
1: Yeah, that about sums it up.
2: It's July 26, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 155, and changing my kits. I'm Abel Kirby.
0: And watching Barbenheimer in the hot tub, I'm Cold Acid. And we have a special guest today.
1: Hello, I'm Dad from ShitPoster.Club. Woohoo!
2: Finally, welcome. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. It's great
1: to have you on the show. Oh,
2: thank yeah. you.
0: We're big fans.
2: Yes, uh, we've been really? putting we've been putting the um, uh, the Club anime podcast in the uh, anime uh, uh, podcast segment in the show for a little while now. Um, I catch some of your episodes, not all of them. I, I'm a, I'm a dedicated non-completionist, which means I don't listen to all of anyone's bullshit right but uh i did uh catch your latest episode and i periodically listened so yeah i'm a i would consider myself a fan of uh both you and cool boy Mew, and to some extent full metal but uh doesn't seem to talk as much as the other uh you other two on the show but yeah we get what we pay for (laughs) well we've got a whole show to talk about whatever we want uh i've got some show notes i've got some beer I hear a can opening. Was that you, Chris? Or cold? There, I'm sorry.
0: It <laughs> wasn't a can. It was uh, Haritos. Haritos. Was a lot of flavor. Yeah,
2: Haritos. It. And Dad, did you bring any refreshments? Just water. Ah, uh, that's fine. I've got something that's very near water. It's uh, Gen C American beer. American beer. Exactly. <laughs> it's like having sex. Uh, it's like having sex in a canoe. It's fucking near water
0: yeah <laughs> speaking of speaking of which that's the alcohol that's going to be around me next week uh
2: oh the beer yeah oh, american beer that's right uh we have an upcoming little rare encounter
0: event uh you will be in at gen con yes and I'm, yeah i'm gonna be at gen con for the whole thing we're heading down uh i'm leaving here wednesday morning same time i normally leave for work and yeah, that that's
1: in wisconsin right no, it's in Indianapolis. Indi- yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's and Gen the... Con used to be in Wisconsin, but I'm going by 1990s memories. Uh,
0: well, yeah, they, they moved it out of Wisconsin uh, years and years ago because mm-hmm. they just did not have the room anymore.
2: <laughs> so I've never been to Gen Con, but I'm coming basically for the weekend. Uh, I'm going to be on a work trip. Um, next week, so I won't be able to uh, to join you until after I get back on Friday. But uh, I'm gonna drive out to Gen Con and see what there is to see. And uh, I don't know. I, I think you're more excited about this uh, Cole than I am. I'm kind of burned out on cons lately. I've I went to a lot, you know, in the uh, 2010s, uh, and just I can't. I'm not enthusiastic about any convention, especially anime conventions, right now.
1: So, have you have Dad? Have you um, been paying attention to the anime con scene? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I go to small local shows once in a while. I, uh, I've been to Comic Con a couple of times. It's decent, and there's always lots of anime stuff. But I get most of my entertainment from the internet. Yeah.
2: No, it, it was fun. Um, Coldass and I used to go to Anime Expo uh, in Los Angeles, and I was watching the coverage of of that and just i can't imagine ever going back there it just looks like such a shithole now Mm -hmm. they have people packed shoulder to shoulder uh the the pictures just look terrible they've got awful policies after a decade of basically being mismanaged in terms of issuing badges and getting people in you know it's it's been line con for years even back when i went to it and uh you know why would you put up with that
0: and, and yeah, at, the, at this point, at this point I mean one of the, one of the big draws for me with uh, anime Expo was actually having the corporate presence there because the conventions that I had gone to in the past were completely fan run but at the same time you didn't get any sort of like announcements about stuff. you didn't you didn't get like real giveaways or anything. the The hottest thing was like, you'd have this you'd have like this parade of uh, cosplay mm-hmm. right on on the saturday evening but then you had to start paying to see that too right mm-hmm. and and at uh, anime expo i mean yeah sure it was pretty much completely controlled by the companies and mismanaged in every other sort of way but it was it was actually a lot more interesting in terms of in terms of the content that was coming out, because they would actually like bring more than just voice actors over from Japan. They would bring like you'd have like the people actually in the biz regularly, like nine to fivers mm. there, and like, you know, business would even happen there. So oh, yeah. you could find out like something something news coming down the pipeline, right? And it could be very well announced for the first time worldwide there in L.A. But uh, yeah, if it, it's I mean, it was a hell of a lot of fun the first time I went 2015 and I kept it up to 2018. The reason I stopped going was after buying the house, having to having to take care of all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I was going to skip 2019. And then, of course, the coup happened and I just haven't been back since No. And yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest the biggest come away for me has been like the the shopping and getting free books at the Yen Press event. <laughs> but I mean a lot of a lot of the stuff that I want from Yen Press like it's easier for me to just, you know, pre-order it on Amazon. Yep. And the rest and the rest of it, I mean, for the most part Yeah, there's stuff there's I'm never going to see I'm never going to see like J-List at my local conventions, even though my local convention is like the biggest one in Canada. Right. right? But meanwhile,
2: yeah, I've gone to I've gone to Anime Expo and you can find Peter Payne's there. And you could give him shit for uh, for saying he was importing a bunch of stuff. I can't remember it was some visual novel that they uh, they got the rights to Jass did. and then they never put it out. And I was I met Peter Payne and was giving him shit about it. So that's what it used to be like. That's that's the reason I would go. But I don't know. I digress. Yeah, I could bet they, had, no. a,
0: they had a much better much better situation for Dealers Room and Artist Alley than anything that Anime North has ever put together, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Mm.
2: Ah well, I could bitch about Anime Expo all day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, we got some um, kind of rando topics to go through. We could go through that. We could talk more about uh, some anime stuff. Maybe find some crossover with uh, with uh, Dad's podcast. And it, it, do the unthinkable and actually talk about anime on Rear Encounter. I'm up for either one. What do you want to do? Oh either God, one.
0: I'm, it's your I'm, show. I'm. I've got like. I've got like the. Rogue stuff uh, and of course anime and and manga tied into that well that's me- pretty much that's pretty much everything i'm bringing to the table today uh other than other than like uh a mention uh, a couple of mentions of the double feature we never knew we needed and the recent passing of sinead o'connor
2: well, I've got a piece – I'm going to kick this off with some local news because we – I just have to put this out. Um, here's what happens in Ohio. Uh, the According to WTRF Wheeling, which is, I guess, West Virginia reporting on Ohio now, they have raccoon with mayonnaise jar on its head leads police on chase in Ohio. And there's uh, CCTV footage of a Nice. Yeah, this uh, raccoon with a mayonnaise jar on its head running through the streets, and the cops trying to pull the thing off it. So
1: that was my – uh, highlight of scrolling through the stupid news feed was uh, this. It'd be nice if that's the most excitement your town is getting that night. Yeah, mayonnaise. We, you know, uh, they they could have covered all the other stuff.
2: I mean, I've seen live PD. I know it goes down, but the.
0: Um, I, okay. I like what the I animal wonder, stories. What I got to wonder is, I see I see your link for this story right through through MSN.com. Why is it in the money section? because that's where the mayonnaise
2: is from right
1: it's uh
0: was it like a mayo jar full of like banker's drafts or something well i don't know i presume it it, (laughs)
1: the (laughs) raccoon stealing shit
0: it's
2: yeah (laughs) it's gotta it's gotta be something related to money i don't know but you're right that is weird u.s money okay cool whatever it's a waste Maybe of some a story accidentally put it in the wrong folder. <laughs> well, we, we did a segment on here a while ago that I, I wish I'd planned out better. But it was lifestyle where I just went through lifestyle sections of rando newspapers all over the world and uh, just to see what what the flavor was. So I, I kind of wish uh, I kind of wish this was in a lifestyle section because it really explains Ohio better as a lifestyle story than a, than a uh, financial story. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, I also had a uh, little story I thought was kind of interesting. I pulled this up from Dig, and it was Dig doing an article about <laughs> an Instagram video, but it, which is retarded. But uh, I thought it was actually interesting for once. They had a, um, a little trick that you can do to find the distribution of, of energy in your microwave, your microwave oven at home, where they, uh, and, and basically find where the hot spots and cold spots are with some description of it so uh i put that in my notes i had a cheese as microwave mode finder and uh they just laid a bunch of american cheese slices orange of course on a plate and then microwaved it and you can see which parts burned and which parts never cooked so you yeah. know kind of finally found a use for american cheese <laughs> <laughs> it is the meltiest yeah. cheese though i have to give it that it's meltier than than any of the other cheeses except maybe there's some mexican cheeses that melt pretty good
0: too but Looking at looking at the post, uh, looking at the post, nuke cheese. It kind of makes me think of like a uh, of like kind of like a topo map. Oh yeah, this actually, yeah,
2: it could be your um, your new adventure map for uh, for your new uh, role playing session.
0: <laughs> actually, th- rather than role playing session, I think it would work better as like a, a battle tech map. <laughs> All
2: right, so. Let's see. That's all. Uh, what do we What do we got? I've got some anime that I wanted to talk about too. Uh, oh, I, anime, I, yes. I actually was yeah. talking about some some stuff that might be relevant. Uh, the other day, I was talking about magical girl anime with a friend and went through a list of some really old, um, like sixties era, and was watching clips on YouTube of. Um, it's just like this the really early animation and some of it i couldn't it was just japanese names was never translated in english but you can just watch the animation and, and you know for something that came out in 1969 some of the um the look to it well it's dated because it looks like old anime but other than that you know the colors are good the animation's fun and it's all hand drawn so it kind of tracks the style up through the 80s you know not the style but you know some so of the, so what uh, you're so the,
0: what you're telling us what you're telling us is that japan had magical girls in the 60s they had some of the early proto magical girls proto uh, yeah yeah, girls. yeah the genre is a lot older
1: than most people think yeah uh, a lot of people assume it started with sailor moon in 92 but no it goes back decades before that yeah, um, some of
2: it. So, Magical Princess Minky Momo. That was one that was uh, has a lot of interesting discussion on that, where they had uh, the the reoccurring disasters in Japan linked to the airing of Minky Momo. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the story that I was I was hearing about that one from just randos on the internet, uh, YouTubers, and people discussing it was that they um during the development it was hyper commercialized and i believe it was in the 80s yeah it was in the 80s and so they had you know toy cars and toy whatever Every, anything that appeared in the show they would have a toy version of it that they'd sell and then through some dispute with the toy manufacturer uh, either they didn't get a check or they pissed off the developer or something like that and he decided to just start Taking away all her powers and getting rid of all the stuff that was uh, that was for sale on the store shelves would get like destroyed inside the anime, like her special power uh, pendant. <laughs> just get back at <laughs> So he 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 started removing all the uh, marketing opportunities from the show, and then at one point he had them. Um, he actually killed off minky momo spoiler alert by having her get run over by a truck and the truck was carrying a bunch of you know schlock toys from i think they were like common rider <laughs> toys or something so it was very much she gets the, the,
0: run over by the toy company and, and dies the, the proto the proto uh, the prototype uh, of uh, truck con yeah exactly exactly
1: It reminds me of that there was a guy in the 90s who was drawing a Power Girl comics, and he drew her breasts larger in each issue until someone noticed. (laughs) That's good. Yeah.
2: Power Girl. So,
0: yeah, I just looked it up, and apparently the the first Magical Girl uh, manga was Secrets of Akko-chan in 1962. Yes.
2: I think I watched a, a clip of an anime based off that, which I think was sixty nine or something like that.
0: Yeah, apparently, apparently it got an anime adaptation, but it was beaten uh, by another by another show, Sally the Witch, mm. which was also which was also a manga series, but came out after Secrets of Akko Chan.
2: Yeah, I watched a couple of clips of that. I think that was one I couldn't get a good translation for, so. You know, I scrubbed through and got a little bit of the uh, the feel for it, but I can't did stay you see engaged. It?
1: Did you see any Cutie Honey?
2: I did actually watch Cutie Honey Flash. Uh, at least some part of it. I, I I got just what I could find on YouTube. I think it was the intro and a couple of clips of, of things.
1: I, I didn't watch a whole episode, but... Because the magical girl genre needed more violence and nudity. <laughs> I thought it was great. The just I, I was watching
2: it and they had like all these graphics from, and it was the '70s when that came out, and they have like this skull that comes up on the screen in the intro, and I'm looking at it and say, that looks just like the skull in the Scooby-Doo intro, and there's a lot of <laughs> commonality. Like you, you watch um, the Cutie Honey opening and then go watch the scooby-doo thing and you see wait a minute this is kind of like the same uh it's not the same show or anything but it's like you can see how they're they're um they're of of the same type you know
0: is the monster of the week does the monster of the week turn out to be somebody in disguise each week each time no but i'm just talking about thematically um you've got
2: like the hooded figures with the now they have machine guns or whatever in in cutie honey but in uh scooby-doo you know you had this um walking suit of armor and all these kind of weird characters would just show up in montage the same kind of stuff happens in cutie honey uh in the intro It's pretty interesting but i i had heard of cutie honey the first time i think gynix did a remake of it at some point yeah about once a decade they put out a new series of it well gynix made a remake at the time when i was a huge gynix fanboy so that would uh that's how it came to my attention anything they made i i became aware of i guess
0: Hmm.
2: if i remember right i think it was gynex but uh i could be mistaken sometimes i just get these things wrong anyway no idea i uh i i also remember watching let's see i never watched a lot of sailor moon but i remember being on tv watched a card captor sakura every every day before like karate practice and i think (laughs) it was on because i I was doing, you know, as a kid, getting <laughs> shuttled around, and we had it was that, and then I think on another channel they had Jackie Chan Adventures, excellent show, uh, the, which was a cartoon starring Jackie Chan as a cartoon.
0: Now i never I never watched uh, I never watched that, but I did used to watch Inuyasha in the early two thousands on YTV. Uh,
2: even even I knew that was. Uh,
1: I don't know. I, I I could not bring myself to watch that when I was on TV. Well, I I have watched it, and well, my first anime and manga were both Ranma One Half. Oh boy! So I like Rumiko Takahashi's stuff a lot, but <laughs> you know, Inuyasha it started off okay, but it had way too much filler.
0: Yeah, it 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 ran too long. Hon- honestly. I mean, I enjoyed reading Ranma One Half, but even that felt like it ran like at least a half dozen volumes longer than it should have.
1: I agree. It's a consistent problem she has.
0: Mm. Yeah. Now, now Maison didn't feel like it ran too long. Uh, it like it wasn't overly long, like uh, like Ranma One Half or Inuyasha. But, but one of the things that bothered me is, like, I started collecting the, the uh, manga tankabons, right? The, well, the, the translated ones. And, of course, they, back when I was first collecting them, that was when the art would be mirrored, right? So the spine would always be on the left-hand side, you'd have the art mirrored. And it turned out that the original English translations, they were actually dropping chapters, through uh, throughout so like there would be like an average of a chapter dropped each volume
1: oh they just didn't care what the readers thought
0: they just felt like eh we can probably we can probably get away with not bothering with this chapter and nobody'll notice
1: hmm. yeah well with the uh, that anime samurai pizza cats oh yes it,
0: oh god <laughs> when they
1: brought that to the states they didn't have any translations they just Really, they just told the uh, the people in America, just come up with something. Yep, I love Kids that. Kids watching this won't care, and we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I love that show when it was on.
0: I, uh, What's I, that one you keep pointing out where they just like didn't give a damn and they just did their own thing with it? Oh, you're probably thinking of ghost stories. Yeah, um, that's that a one. ghost that, that, stories. that was
2: a little different. So they, they actually did a translation for that, and then they um, basically did a piss take. Uh, where where they kept kind of the story intact but they would go off and just put stupid lines one it was good because i had a lot of odd one-liners yeah and if you're a fan of just the stupid one-liners and the snarky uh the snarky catty stuff then uh, it's a good time but it it wears on you if you try and watch it for for more than uh i i would say after an hour 90 minutes it's like you're done you don't want to, you never want to hear you you want to go watch
1: something serious at least that's how I feel about it. Yeah, on YouTube, you can find the best of Ghost Stories compilations, like <laughs> 10, 15 minutes worth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Abel Kirby's brought a fair fair number of clips from it for, for playing during episodes as well.
1: Oh, the insulting and offensive jokes, I hope.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Let's see. I got. Of uh, course. I think I can play some of these. Let's see if I got one of these. Oh, I guess I have to open the fader if I want to have it play. There we go.
0: You're such a bitch. What did you say? I have an itch.
2: Yeah, we used to have stuff like that. We had, uh...
0: But pedophiles and Muslims stole it.
2: Oh, that was from the internet.
0: The internet was (laughs) a blessing from the Lord Jesus to spread the word of God throughout the world. But pedophiles and Muslims stole it
2: and used its holy power to seduce children like yourself into Get out! Not get out, get saved. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stuff like that. It's just great. It's it's fun, but uh, after a while, it kind of wears you out. All
0: right, everybody. It's 4.30. School is
1: finally over. Time to go home, load up that bong, and watch Pokemon! <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago, me and Mew watched the whole series, and he didn't get all the jokes about American pop culture and politicians, because he's a leaf. So I was explaining stuff yeah. to him in the chat. That's right. You're a fellow Canadian Wrangler. <laughs> You know the pain, you know the
0: challenge. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, sometimes he says Zed, and I have to correct him.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I say Z as well because I but at, le- at least at least I understand English perfectly well. <laughs> uh, we we've, we've had another French Canadian on the show uh, a few times early on and yeah, there there's definitely a disconnect when when speaking English with somebody from Quebec. Mm. And, and I mean, I won't hold it against Mew, especially since he's been the one who's done a good job of plying me with various uh, games of dubious character. <laughs> yeah, I
2: think we should get to some of these uh, before we get too far. I do have to get the that one clip when we had Matt on uh, his maps. My maps! There we go. The famous... Yeah. <laughs> famous cartographers cry (laughs) yeah so what kind of games you've been playing what's this cool boy Mew cold acid uh debauchery going on like do you hang out with each other
0: well we we started we started like swapping uh things that showed up in in like the discovery queue for us that happened to be hentai games, right? So there, there's ones that he'd played and said like I should play. There's ones that I'd seen or I played and I said I told him to do that. So this was all going on during the summer sale,
2: right? Is this with you know cam or no cam?
0: No cam. (laughs)
2: Christ. Well, I just asking. What sort of question is that? Well, I don't know. I just want to know. I gotta paint a picture for the audience.
1: Oh God. Yeah. One of the the audience doesn't
0: need that picture painted.
1: One of the games uh, Mew was talking about it was labeled as hentai, but it's not actually. It was uh, Black Dream. Yeah,
0: t- yeah, I was playing that. I was playing that, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, this this protagonist, she's got huge tits. Cool. I, when am I ever gonna get to see them uncovered?
1: Never. Never. Decent rhythm game though. Mm.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, little. Eventually, a little quicker than I could I could handle normally I had to I had to train what was, uh, I, I had to train I had to train my thumb for the d-pad oh, to, okay. to be able to hit the directions properly well my d-pad's just and, fine I don't need to trade for it I didn't know that's what I was and, training for now, if if I was playing it on a DDR pad, it might have been a little easier. Cause oh, this I've, is the- I've had I've had quite a bit of practice with uh, with that. But yeah, it's like you move around. It it was made in RPG maker. You move around, but instead of having like your regular sort of fights, what it does is it shows you a bunch of directions you have to push on the D pad. Right? For when you're for when you're in combat instead. And you've got to do that without making any sort of mistakes to do an attack or defend against uh, your opponent's attacks.
1: Mm. Yeah, that about sums it up. And yes, the protagonist has massive tits.
0: Yeah. Bigger than her head.
1: Bigger than A- her as head. As it should be.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've been, I've played a couple of these games uh over the a, a lot of visual novels mostly uh including Arigay. but some of these they like what they feel like is kind of cheap uh really low brow things I I don't know it, it seems like there's too many of them too many with the same kind of art style and I I've, I've never been able to be interested in them it's
0: Yeah uh, there is there is there is definitely a a chinese porn game shovelware issue on steam yeah and i remember back in the day you couldn't even put that on uh we were
2: i remember when um jast was trying to figure out you know if they could even put a single visual novel on steam they were having trouble getting i think steins gate on there and they were doing stuff like they were going to esrb to get ratings for games because they thought it would help them get on steam like they were they were they were doing ridiculous shit like that that you just would never do today, um. Like, thankfully, one of the things that these, um, that uh, that that's being at, at least worn out is the ESRB rating system because that was always retarded. Yeah, like, you, consider, I remember, considering considering
0: considering that what you had to do was send like footage of the game being played, right? Like the the people the people doing the rating. Don't even don't even bother like actually trying the game themselves, so they don't have any real context with it or anything. All they do is essentially watch an undubbed let's play, right? And right. they and they base they base the rating off of what they see in the video, and that's why when something when something like like when it was discovered, you could uh, remove the remove the. Uh, Panty textures off the characters in uh, Oblivion and Skyrim, right? And remember, there was a whole there was a whole thing with Oblivion where they found where like it turned out that if you could remove you could remove the underwear textures, and then you would see like you would see like bare breasts and cunt and ass, and and they had to re they re rated the game to to m for mature because of that yeah
1: oh, just like hot coffee and i was to say
0: gta 3 yeah. right yeah no that was san andreas wasn't san it?
2: andreas okay i remember when that came out i remember it being really stupid even even at the time Without kind of the knowledge of how ridiculous some of this uh, nanny state crap is right now, at the time I realized it was stupid. I was kind of dumb back then. No,
0: the thing, the thing with hot with hot coffee is this was something that was actually like regularly in the game, and normally you wouldn't see anything, right? It, and same, same with the same with the character thing in Oblivion. It's because people were able to. Well, I don't like saying it as hack, but they were they were able to break into break into things and and modify it and then because of because of that, not because of anything that the developers really did, but because third parties did it. Now the games get re-rated mm. and there and there's like almost legal trouble for the publishers because hey, you didn't show that you could do this in the video. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 retarded. I mean, ESR, ESRB only exists because Joe Lieberman was going to try and push some sort of uh, federal government-run game rating system, which probably wouldn't wouldn't have passed anyways. Because as soon as it was challenged, right, and made it to the Supreme Court, it'd be like, yeah, no, this this totally goes against the First Amendment. So, fuck you, Lieber.
1: Yep. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Jeez. Yeah, Yeah, the ESRB always sucked. Like, uh, I remember they gave Persona 1 on the PlayStation uh, E for everyone, even though there's lots of violence and occult shit and cussing. And the game starts with kids in high school summoning a demon. And like, did they even play this?
0: Yeah. I remember. Yeah, no they they never they never play the games. They just rely on what the what the publisher sends them. Yep, I remember. Which is uh, which is half the reason it's broken.
2: Starcraft was one that I was always suspicious of because that that got a T rating, and you had people exploding in blood and guts all over the place, uh, pretty violent scenes in those cutscenes, which are pretty cinematic, you know. Uh, and uh, they, they were. I remember they would say shit. There was a couple points in the game where there's people swearing. Um, and then there was other, and so that was rated T for teen. And then there were other games that were out where they would get um, rated M because someone swore inside it for language. And it's like, well, wait a yeah. minute, what's going on? And so if the contradiction reveals itself if you pay attention even a little bit. So, eh, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a lot better with uh, with developers and publishers essentially self rating now, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know what's gone in, you know what's gone into what you've made. Right, you know, and like, there's a list of common descriptors and everything. Thanks to the work that the SRB had done, like the how they do the ratings is nonsense. But the system itself is is like okay. You have like you have the content descriptors and stuff. You have a basic level of of ratings. Just let the just let the publishers choose where it should be on that. Right, because they're the ones who know what's in the content, mm. and and just leave it as that. Right, and a lot of these games on Steam, like you don't even have any sort of ratings like that. Uh, this one game that I picked up and dropped, Idle Hands, right? Like, there's no there's no ESRB rating on that. It's marked as like 18 plus in Steam. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I dropped it is because. It's all it's all Chinese voiced, and there's no option to to change that. You can't you like there's not even a volume knob for voice separate from other audio. And it's like yeah, this is just this is just grating on me. Mm. And so I was like yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother playing this anymore. Even if yeah, it yeah. is a, even if it is a game where where I get to raise and a former a former teen idol into a porn star in fact into a cam girl like that. <laughs> oh
2: man the princess what was it princess trainer was that the original one princess razor princess, princess maker? maker princess from, from axe princess yeah that's right from game axe you know there was a there was a game similar to that that was uh, western uh i think it was a western developed game it was called "The Queen Is Dead" that came out, and I actually bought that one. And it was a similar kind of concept. the The game you played as kind of this guy, and your your you have the the princess can be coronated to become the queen, or parents died, but you can't be coronated ex- until after like uh, six months or something. And so you and have. So I
0: can't I can't find
2: that, but but the Smiths come up. The <laughs> I think it was "Long Live." The queen, or something to that effect. And it had a um, just this every, everything that you did killed her. And it was fantastic. It was like you try and grind on, um, you know, you, you, your first playthrough. She gets a, uh, she's really dumb, right? So she ends up like agreeing to marry a prince from some other country and starting a war because she didn't know that accepting a necklace was, you know, uh, a, a customary symbol of something or other. And so you get a bad end because you, you she ends up getting taken away and killed in something, and then so you go okay i'm gonna put her in school all the time and then the next thing you know is she slips down the stairs and dies because <laughs> oh. you didn't because you didn't give her dancing <laughs> lessons <laughs> and it's just this huge massive network of dead ends and the poor girl dies i've never succeeded in winning this uh winning this game but it's a it was a fun one when it came out
0: it sounds it sounds like the dwarf fortress of raising sins <laughs> it's pretty good I'll see if I can.
2: I'll see if I can find. Something I think like I, I think that. I
0: found it on Steam. Yeah, long live the queen. Long live the queen. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah.
1: I, I remember when this came out, but there was a reviewer that I hated who said nice things about it, so I haven't played it. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
2: that's kind of hard. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of. I, I would say there's not a lot of good reviews of stuff. I mean, what I mean by good reviews, maybe I should say is I often find that the people reviewing these don't really align with what I think is important. <laughs> I'll say it as politically as possible. <laughs> and so I ignore them. And uh, I'll, I'll play something even if it has a low score, if it looks interesting enough.
0: Oh, have, you been re- have you been reading my Steam reviews? I have not been reading your
1: Steam reviews. Do you, should I? No, give us a link. I'll look at them.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll just paste into the chat. Uh. Yeah, I gave uh, one of the other games that I reviewed recently. I think did I mention it? Uh, did I mention it two weeks ago? Uh, Waifu Fighter, which is which is a game where literally you punch the clothes off of women and then rape them.
1: <laughs> oh, lovely!
0: Yeah, mount your friends. You gave it a thumbs up. Yeah, because that's a fun game. Yeah, I got to see. I got to see the game as it was being developed because that was made at. Uh, that was made at one of the toe Jams that I participated in.
2: Yes, I remember that. I I think I remember you bringing it up right after you saw it, back in the day. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you played Katawa Shoujo? <laughs> Have I played Katawa? Oh, Shoujo?
0: dude, we. Yeah. We got stories about that. Yeah, I've met some of the devs.
2: Um, and, oh, nice. Yeah. Had beer with a few. We used to hang out with on
0: IRC with them.
2: Yeah. Back in the day, man. Some of them have passed away. Like on episode two of Rare Encounter, we found out Ride had, had died. He did, he did some of the art for Katawa Shoujo. And uh, he was working a lot. I was a fan of him even after. He was working with Christine Love, which is a – I never had a problem with her. But um, she, there was a series of like Korean themed games where he did the art for, her, so I was kind of following him, and I always kind of liked the guy. But um, yeah, was, I like, commissioned rushed, him for, respects.
0: I commissioned him for art as well in the past. So yeah, we've we've
2: had a, I, I wouldn't say that we're relationship with with, with these people, but I it, it, we've been in the same circle as some of them uh, in the past.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I would I would chat with some with some of the artists at. Uh, Anime Expo because they normally have a couple of tables in the Artist Alley, like uh, Wii and Doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, what's, uh, what about Katawa Shoujo? I've, I've, to answer your question, yeah, I've played it. Um, uh, back when it came out, I played the, the demo. I think I was in the thread on 4chan, um, when, uh, the, the game was first being discussed and they were pitching actually making it because it came from a, um, like a gag at the end of a manga about a fake a fake game that they said oh if this game exists this character would totally play it and uh, they actually i remember the early discussions about it and then it fell off my map and then it came back when that act one came back came out i said oh shit someone actually did it so
0: so i heard about that at the at the time those discussions were going on on fortune because one of, the, one of the guys who used to be on the KS dev team until everybody got sick of him and kicked him off uh, <laughs> was one of, one of my fellow anime club execs when I went to the anime club at University of Toronto back in the day. Mm. So, of course, he, he he was telling me about this. Oh, yeah, we're going to make this amazing visual novel... Uh, based on based on this uh, like one page out of a manga, and it's gonna it's gonna be great. And uh, apparently, like what the other said is like he would hype shit, but he wouldn't actually ever do anything. Yeah, which, sound, which sounds about which sounds about right based on uh, based on what I knew about him in real life. So, <laughs> yeah, I d- I don't blame any of them for for giving him the boot. Oh. Uh. So what do you think, Dad? Uh, Lay it on me. What do you think of Katawa
1: Shoujo? I like it a lot. It's the only visual novel I've really gotten into. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I've played others, but never for more than an hour or so. But Katawa Shoujo was just clearly a cut above the rest. It was. And uh, it popped a lot of cherries, I think. And and it was like...
2: um, I'm trying to remember the quote. It was about the Velvet Underground, where, where... Everyone who listened to everyone who bought the album went on to make a make a rock band.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Heard that you said know about Velvet Underground, and even th- though their music sucked. And so we Quite had me. when, when Katawa Shoujo came out, there was just a bunch of people
2: who looked at that and said, "Holy shit, I can make a visual novel." And the just the duds that were coming out and the projects that were started and never finished in that come on like the man next year. there
0: were there were there were loads and loads of uh, oelvn duds before <laughs> Katawa shoujo came out pretty much pretty much what it did was was make the make make the style like visual novels uh more visible in the gaming community in general and raised the bar for those who were already creating English language VNs. Yeah,
1: back, and so back we started.
0: 20s. We started seeing. We started seeing more that actually, like you know, had decent art instead of instead of looking like uh, something R O Seven would have drawn after, like a forty eight <laughs> hour uh, Bender. That- right? And and decent and decent writing for a change.
1: Dad, what were you going to say? Well, back in 2016, me and Moon, the admin of Shitposter.club, we were thinking about making our own visual novel. <laughs> so he, he he told me to uh, get a copy of Ren Pie and uh, make a short visual novel you can beat in under five minutes using stolen graphics and music. So I did. Uh, filled it with toilet humor and... Yeah. and insulting jokes but uh, nothing really ever came of it after that i've i've done a couple um i've got
2: some credits as a composer writer as actually part of a co- commercial game once so that was kind of fun and the uh, developer, we did, a couple,
0: we did that jam and you did a couple others oh uh, right? yeah
2: i did a cut yeah the uh there was a game that uh, the one thing i really really liked was we had this it's a terrible title, but it was called "Our Lost World Beneath the Skies," and it, it was, I think, a compromise on the title. But we had, even as a VNDB entry, I'll, I'll put that in. Um, I worked on the scenario. I managed the music staff. Um, I did not compose all the music. I composed some of it, but I, I kind of helped usher the uh, the sound into the game. And uh, it was a really good time. Like it was one of those where, you know, you. are It feels like being a a kid, you know, a teenager or something like that, hanging out with your friends and coming up with like this great idea for this movie and everyone's on board and just how awesome it would be and and figuring out how the whole thing would play out. And, and, you know, that was kind of what it felt like, you know, being a kid again, doing that shit when we were writing it and planning out the fight scenes and planning out all this crazy shit that was going to happen and what's going on, you know, in the backstories of everyone. And then when it came to actually making it, we got like the first two uh, the first two scenes in. I think we, we probably got, I don't know 10 or 20 minutes of gameplay, maybe a little more than that. Oh I shit. Yeah. But it was so like we hit 11,000 words for the game, and we didn't even get through what I think what I consider to be like the prologue. We didn't even get to the, the beginning of the story before we ran out of time, so but we did we even did voice acting. We had a, a whole cast too, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and a whole other nightmare. Jeez. The uh I keep
0: I keep getting reminded that I need to that at some point I need to pull out all the stuff that I had done originally for Painter Story. Yeah.
2: What kind of game were you and Moon uh working on, dad? Uh, it was
1: just wait, a wait, vis- just, visual novel. It was ju- so it was just that you that was the only thing you were going to do. Well, it was that for starters, and we thought if we enjoyed it, maybe we could expand into some real games. Like, for a a long time, he's had this idea of making a clone of uh, Snow Brothers. Yeah, you know, it's the game where you play a snowman, and you throw snowballs at monsters and push them around to clear the room. I've never heard of this. Oh, it's an old arcade game. Okay. But... For the longest time, Moon wanted to create his own version called Ape Shit, where you play, <laughs> play as an ape who hurls feces at monsters oh, and destroys nice. them the same way.
0: <laughs> like, uh, like Donkey Kong, but with more uh, coprophilia. Yeah, Konggy Dong. Right. <laughs> it's just an idea he's had.
1: We haven't even started on anything. He's got his hands full running a Fativerse instance, and I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. real life gets in the way of a lot of things. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I've never worked on a video game, but I did have a game review blog once years ago. Really? Yeah, I wrote hundreds of reviews. It was pretty fun, but um then this thing called Gamergate happened and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! And then Trump got elected, you know. This
2: fallout from GamerGate. And if it
0: wasn't, if it wasn't for GamerGate, this podcast might never have existed.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird to go back and look at some of those old. If you can find old posts of people complaining about GamerGate or discussing it, and just realize how naive every like, how dumb would you have to be to not understand what was really going on? You know, it was just. I don't know. It's it, it it woke a lot of people up. I think it woke me up at least. Yeah, same here.
0: Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of what got me uh, it, looking through the looking through the lens, right? And and I'll say Re- that, realizing that realizing that there really is a culture war going on. And and I'll say that as
2: someone who. Um, at the time, I didn't mind Zoe Quinn. I mean, I was listening to her. I, I remember she did an interview with – I'm going to name another one – Patrick Klepek, um, former Giant Ugh. Bomb guy, before he went on to uh, – where do you go? Kotaku? But they had a, an interview, and she's talking about growing up in upstate New York and um, working in uh, garages and stuff. Was, OK, this is – seems like a good girl, a good person, you know? And, and then uh, you
0: find out about five guys. Well, I mean –
2: I think that there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, I live in Ohio. I, I know what happens out here, right? Yeah, she's you, you, not the only one in the world who's ever done anything like that. It, it and it's definitely was was blown out of proportion by a lot of people. I think, and I think the problem wasn't um, if it had that, stuck
0: to just being a matter of of payola, like sexual payola, right? That'd be that'd be one well, thing, but. I, people I, started. People started seeing more into it, and and f- I mean, for f- there was some good and a lot of bad that came out of it, be-
1: because yeah, the, yeah, ra- people started the rampant, waking up.
0: Right, the rampant but, censorship
1: uh, of the subject is what pissed me off. Yeah, even on, yeah, even exactly. on 4chan, the alleged <laughs> oh, wild yeah. west of the internet, they banned people for talking about it. Yep, total bullshit.
0: Yeah, they were, and they were doing it for free.
1: <laughs> and they
2: were doing it for free. Clean it up. No, it's, uh, it's just a weird world, the way these things get connected. And then, you know, I never met her or anything, but I feel like if you played Six Degrees or, what is it, Three Degrees of Kevin Bacon or something like that, it's like, okay, we're not that far apart. I know someone who yeah, knows someone I'm, who knows someone, right? So,
1: yeah, I know people in the uh, gaming I industry. Knew,
0: I knew Christine Love uh, in person, and I'm I've got one degree between me and John Carmack.
2: John Carmack, that's nice. That's Peace a good pun. Him, <laughs> yeah. And he got out of. I remember when he went to Facebook, and I thought that was the weirdest career move ever. And then he it left wasn't Face- so
0: much that he went to Facebook. He went to he went to Oculus, which had been bought by Facebook.
2: Yeah, okay. But then he stuck. So he left that though. Um, you have to remember, he moved off from the Oculus projects into. I don't know the back room at Facebook. I don't know what else he did there, but he left that project and stayed at Facebook for a while. It was weird. a weird. Yeah. It was a weird news story because he wasn't working on VR. He, he gave that up to someone else and then was, uh, and then was uh, doing something. I don't know. Maybe he was sitting back collecting his check. Could be. I mean,
1: hope he wasn't spying on people's private messages.
0: <laughs> I don't think he'd be. I don't think he'd be interested in people's private messages.
2: Ah mm. Mm. Uh, well, we've got. Um, what else do we want to talk about?
0: So, we have magical I mean, girls. We wanted to, we wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up uh, some some more uh, eroge history stuff. <laughs> oh, surely. Yeah. So, it. I mean, I, I mentioned in the past, like you know, talked about soft porn adventure from uh, Sierra back when they were just online systems and the. The infamous hot tub, right? A hot
2: tub, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you reiterate the story of the hot tub? Uh, I vaguely remembered it, and and I feel like I didn't get a good good handle yeah, that, on it last. So, time. so there's Williams there's two
0: different, book. yeah. There's two different stories about the about the Sierra hot tub. The, fir- the first and the first one is that to advertise soft porn adventure uh the the founders of uh, like the founders of sierra uh got two two of their female employees to pose topless inside the hot tub the third woman there is the wife of and co founder for for the company right and so they're all they're all topless tits are about water level so it's so it's tantalizing without actually showing anything mm. right but the other thing is they actually had like uh, company hot tub parties there in in the hot tub of the of the owner's house naked hot tub parties and yeah. and there were there were rumors about those yeah,
1: and I read Ken Williams' book he put out a few years ago, and yeah, he talks about the sex and cocaine that was happening there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. But, uh, the thing is, like, soft, uh, soft core, uh, yeah, soft porn adventure was, like, the first English, uh, aero game, but it wasn't the first overall. There, Koei was actually founded, uh, when Koei was actually founded, their first titles were not, like, Nobunaga's uh, Ambition or, or, like, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Their first titles were hentai games, and they didn't get into the other stuff until, like, a couple years into the company. And even they weren't the first. There were other hentai games being made the year before, in 1981, in Japan.
1: Yeah, uh, Enix, the people who made Dragon Quest, they made lolliporn porn games in the early '80s.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that
2: doesn't that. surprise me at all. Oh boy, Dragon <laughs> Quest, though.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, when when visual novels uh, started becoming a big thing, and like the hentai games of the late '80s, early '90s, right, the the 16 bit era beginning in Japan. Uh, there's actually an interesting. There's an interesting manga I came across. It, there's a there's a uh, there's going to be an anime made off of a new story based on it by the by the author of the series. It's called 16 Bit uh, Sensation, and it started off as like a as a bunch of doujin's that were released at uh, Comic-Cat... And then picked up by a publisher, those uh, doujins released as Volume One of the official publication, and more more than it just being about like uh, the hentai games itself, the history of development from them. Like it, it's very like it's it's obviously fiction, right? But but like the actual environment in which all of this is happening. The technology being used, the the styles, the way they, they were they're doing things was actually how it was. Like a lot of these games weren't being put together by by like developers working for big publishing companies. No, a lot of them were being done like in the apartments upstairs of computer shops. In various cities across Japan right and it it is like the employees of the shops when they weren't working on the floor they'd be up there programming or doing art or composing music for these for these games these visual novels and hentai games that the store would then self-publish when complete and so it's really interesting reading this and seeing and seeing this going on like uh in a in a way, it's like it's like High Score Girl, but instead of instead of kids who hang out at arcades, it's young adults creating porn games. <laughs> right? and, 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 well, I'm, I'm talking about like in terms of the historical accuracy, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Koei. I've listened to a podcast recently that went into the history of the Koei company. I'll put that in the. IRC chat. Oh sure, we'll, yeah. We'll snap that up and put it in the show notes. Cool. Koei Dynasty. Yeah, Let's the podcast it. is called "They Create Worlds." Cool. You know,
2: I used to listen to some some really early anime podcast. Uh, there were two that come to mind. Just, I must have been two thousand four or five or something like that. It was right, right when podcasting became a thing. And uh, I was wondering, Dad, if you'd you'd ever encountered these. There was one called Otaku Generation, which I think is still going now. You ever heard of that one?
1: Yeah. Um, There's another really old one called Anime World Order. Okay. That one's decent, though the pause levels are pretty high. Yeah. I remember uh, the other one
2: that that I I was a fan of for a while was called, uh, I think it was Anime Pulse. Keeping our fingers on the pulse of anime. And, and it was fun for a couple episodes and I was learning, this is at a time when, uh, it was hard to figure out what the hell anime was, you know, (laughs) if I knew the name of something or if I could suss it out, then you could go find a torrent maybe, or you could find like real media files. So I could like, when I found out about Battle Athletes Victory, I could go get RMVs off from some, uh, some web 1.0 website. Freaking battle <laughs> athletes, so I've seen that. But, it, but anyway, you you had to know kind of the magic word that would make the anime appear. there, And there wasn't a Wikipedia entry for every fucking anime out there. That's a new uh, – maybe it's not new anymore, but th- when I was a kid, we didn't have that shit. So listening to these – even though it was kind of a crummy podcast, they would basically say the names of a bunch of anime, and then I'd have to go look them up and see what the hell they were talking about. And I, I just remember – it must have been ten or twelve episodes in. It was a it was a new podcast. I listened to everything, and they got a sponsorship by the United States Marines. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so this was back when they were they still did the few, the proud, the Marines. You know those kinds of commercials before they had look <laughs> here's the United a di- States Weeb Corps. Here's a here's a uh, a diabetic in a wheelchair. The Marines. You know it seems like the, what they want to do now, but. Um, Anyway, they were—they had to just say this because I thought it was funny. They had a really low modulation for the voiceover because it's kind of shit audio. And then, the, then the marine ad would come on, and it's full up—you know, it's uh, it's broadcast kind of loudness levels. It's radio ready. They, they interspersed it like six times in every episode. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> So Uh, you'd be listening to someone talking about, like, Sokono Strain or some bullshit, like, bad show. And uh, then it would suddenly be like, the world shakes!
1: Well, the Marines! (laughs) So, anyway. uh, uh, There's also a Dragon Ball podcast that's been going on since 2005. (laughs) Still going. Jeez.
0: That's not surprising. Uh, The the, uh, Dragon Ball fans, as I've known them are pretty obsessive about it
1: Mm. yes i'm one of them
2: (laughs) (laughs) i uh i i i was a casual dragon ball fan uh dragon ball dragon ball z if it was on tv i would watch it i also uh when i when COVID hit i was living in a hotel in maryland and i watched a lot of dragon ball and drank a lot of whiskey uh (laughs) so because there was nothing else to do and it was on so Anyway uh, – oh, shit. I forgot the reason I wanted to bring up Otaku Generation. Um, I keep wanting to plug this. It was one time they had Moot from 4chan on as a guest back before – back when he was like 16 or 17. And yeah. he, he came on with a pseudonym like he went by Rob. And uh, and it was just a great interview if you want to hear him um, – uh kind of talk about be it, it what's interesting about that interview is because you listen to him candidly explain how fortune chan got started and all these these things and then later on there was some publicity like he ended up in an uh, interview in time magazine i think and and uh later on you know has been interviewed by buku other people but it's really interesting you can watch the see the contrast between what he said uh Kind of anonymously of what was going on with 4chan because he describes, you know, the impetus for the site was I wanted to – I was in my parents' basement basically and I, I, I was spending all my time going out and looking for porn. What if I could just have other people upload porn to me? And uh, <laughs> it was a funny guy. And uh, it was a spoiling fate stay night on the show too. It's also – also a fun yeah, the, thing to do.
1: The way I heard it, he was a frequent user of the something awful forums and he didn't like the way their moderators ran things. So he started his own website to talk about anime well, everyone, with Blackjack and Hookers. Every everyone misses um it was it Raspberry
2: Heaven was the was the IRC connection? Wait, uh, I don't after know. the Azumanga Daio uh, ending theme. I think that was one of the where some of that discussion, and I, I was not in the Raspberry Heaven chat room when that came down, but I was on uh, a couple couple IRC chats. I was like a kid. <laughs> I was like, I was a teenager. I'll say that. Um, I won't say how young of a teenager I was, but yeah, it's just like Gamergate. It's like the history gets distorted. You go read the Wikipedia article for what 4chan how it got started. It's like it's wait a minute. It's just wrong. It's just actually wrong, and people believe it. So whatever. Yeah,
1: shame for spray.
2: <laughs> it's mm-hmm. and, and and it's totally lost to history because there's only a couple. I mean, there's plenty of people who know. You know, it, it was a famous website like overnight uh,
1: in the in the anime community. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just yeah. I I w- once briefly considered writing a book about Gamergate as it was happening, but. I decided against it. I'd had enough grief in my life. Yeah. Well, we've got some boostigrams that
2: people sent in while we were talking. Um I'd like to read through these.
0: We got really we got quick. one
2: from before the show as well. Uh huh. Just, so, just so you know. Alright, so let me do uh and podcasts and then uh maybe we can do some quick wrap up cold if uh and dad if that's okay with you. Sure. Alright, um so before the show. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Thir- yeah. Yeah. Um, one three, three, seven. We got elite boost from Servo, who says testes. That, that was, is all. That was before the show started. Yeah. Um,
0: that actually makes him our exec producer because he was the only one who got in before the show started. Yeah.
2: All the big money came in uh, yeah. during the show. We had uh, 88, eighty eight eighty 88, sats from Carolyn, uh, who says. Yeah been to fan expo in toronto around 2009 it was more like line con as i never got in i like the costumes (laughs) well thanks yeah that's
0: always been a problem with fan expo is that if you if you aren't a vendor there it's practically impossible to to get in if you didn't like buy your tickets in advance oh and, yeah, I mean, because they always say, yeah, we will we will sell at the door as well, but the queue for that is just ridiculous. Mm. And then for everything, practically everything inside, you have to pay extra as well. Mm. They're, uh, from when they were first run, like, it was just completely run for the money. And there was a lot, there was a lot of hate towards the, uh, towards the group that was running it, uh called hobby star and they eventually got bought by uh wizard like the the comic book magazine company oh. and with the idea of turning uh, fan expo into like wizard world toronto and that didn't pan out <laughs> oh shoot I,
1: I remember wizard magazine like pre-internet it was your only source for comic book info <laughs>
2: I've yeah. got a uh, I've got two more booster grams to get through, and one just came in a second ago. I, I want to definitely get to that one. We got another one three three seven leap boost from this time from anonymous. Just saying, second. Well, thank you, anonymous. I think
0: I know who that anonymous is. I think it was Servo. It was me. No, it wasn't Servo. Oh, really? No. No, it was. I thought it was C Dubs. Oh, it could be. He was testing. He's testing Bootbot, boostbot. Now that we have boostbot in the channel, oh, he boosted the exact
2: same amount of servo. Okay, cool. Uh, well, thanks, anonymous, whoever you may be. We've got eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight sats, again from Carolyn, who says, "Live PD greater than cops. The live PD cops try hard to look good for the camera." I, guess
0: the I cop- think that means. I think that means that cops would actually is actually the better because if the if the cops don't like try and like stage themselves up for the camera and they just like do things as they are it's a lot more you know it's a lot more real
2: i think that um and i've noticed this too about live pd versus cops when you go to live pd everyone has a fly haircut every cop who's driving around you know he's cruising around he's got the cameraman and the shotgun you know filming them they always have like they got a haircut you know that morning or something like that they, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's they literally, like totally. they literally like dress super sharp for that show. And cops, you get like the schlubby fat guy chasing a guy without a shirt, you know, huffing, and then or catching the guy who's huffing paint, you know, and uh, keeping yeah. him from falling. Well, we don't handcuff him because if he fell over, uh, then you know he just hit his head. So, but uh, I I like some of those shows. They're. Um, when they get kind of borderline exploitation, there's a part of me that doesn't like it. And then there's a part of me that really likes it more. So it's uh, definitely something <laughs> I enjoy. <laughs> but you, you can see it too. I mean they I've seen live PD. I've seen them harass people who didn't do shit. And uh, I, I I think there is – we've dipped into politics a little bit on here. But I think if you are serious about uh, police reform, there's a lot of people like me out there who who – have no love for kind of the bullshit um, that gets foisted on us by uh, ticket quotas and, and uh, power-tripping cops, you know. And so there's there's a possibility of um, some of these activist groups co-opting people like me, but they don't even want to court us, right? They just want to get the uh, libtards they want people yeah. to change their icon on social media behind them you know they're not interested in doing anything useful anyway okay i digress i shouldn't talk about politics yeah. on this show
0: we got one last one that just uh, that just came in like a couple minutes ago from booberry uh, for the amount of 33333 sats that's a lot of and, sats and yeah there's no there's no actual message but there's an image a link to an image uh, rare encounter in the style of the ESRB uh, stamps. Yes, and yes, we are
2: rated ER for rare <laughs> encounter. <laughs> and by the way, this is becoming the title. Uh, the uh, what is it called? The cover art for this episode. The
0: cover art for this episode. I am, nice.
2: I am
1: saving that right now as a yeah. p- as a ping. Post that in the IRC. I want to see it. Uh, I'll uh, yep. send it to you. There you go.
2: Rare encounter rated RE. Nice. <laughs> for retards everywhere.
1: Yeah. Oh, there is Well the way that, the way I podcast com- at least. <laughs> there is that game company rare that made Donkey Kong Country and stuff.
2: Yeah. And they made the first uh, M rated game for Super uh
0: Nintendo sixty four uh, for the N sixty four. Perfect dog. And then they got bought by Microsoft.
1: <sighs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. Oh well. And Conker's Bad for a Day. They also made that one. Yeah. And uh, what else did they make? They didn't make the Vikings uh, game. GoldenEye 007. GoldenEye 007. Perfect yeah. Dark. Did they make uh, Rock and Roll Racing
1: or something? Uh, that was Blizzard. Uh, no, Blizzard,
2: know. yeah, that was Blizzard. They make Lost Vikings. Blizzard was Lost
0: Vikings, too. Yeah, love Lost Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now Blizzard's going to be part of Microsoft, too. God, wow, that's terrible. How long till Microsoft gets
1: bought out by Disney? <laughs>
0: I think, I think I think for the size of them, Microsoft and Disney would actually have to merge rather than one by the other.
2: Yeah, I think the... the, the there's some joke here about Bill, Bill Gates has to fight the mouse. <laughs> yeah. Two mice enter, one mouse leaves. Okay. <laughs> um, so thanks to Boobery for boosting a shitload of sats to us and giving us this great cover. I'm going to put that on the episode art when we produce it. And of course, Carolyn for double boosting Servo and Anonymous uh your uh your support is greatly appreciated and we like reading uh anyone who wants to send us a boostergram during the show we'll read it during the show uh really any amount we have no standards here this is rare encounter uh you can find <laughs> out if you're listening live uh we have a website rareencounter.net you can go check the that out we have a link to the chat room old episodes all the stuff that you want to know about us um We also have a little podcast rundown I like to do. I'm not sure why, but we we have this tradition where I just read the most recent episode titles of other podcasts. Uh, I think it gets us a little cross-promotion. People just like to hear their names said on someone else's show. So here we go. Hog Story uh, podcast by uh, Carolyn and Fletcher uh, had episode 361, Cheese Cheese. That was on Monday. Behind the Schemes with... Freeze for ease, yeah. Dad. You've been. I've on been that on one. that show. Yeah, they yep. had a, episode one sixty two. Welcome to the farm, kid. That's human waste. Okay, that was on. Uh, that was on Monday.
1: Also, that's I, also Mondays. Yeah, I was listening to that uh, most of my most of my drive today. Yeah, they record their show at the exact same time I record mine. Oh, wait, so I could never listen in on them. You know, I never knew what time you recorded your
2: podcast, and I always imagined it be like noon. No, it's Monday evenings. Monday evenings. Okay. Maybe it's because I always listen. Every time I listen to that show, it's like noon on a Sunday. So anyway, uh, we'll get to that in a second. I just got a couple more plugs. We got Angry Tech News, episode 69, Captain Predictable. That's uh, Angry Tech News by Ryan Bemrose. Also, he's the uh, program director for the No Agenda stream who lets us also simulcast. So we have our own Rare Encounter um, uh, icecast stream and we also jump on the no agenda stream every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern uh to broadcast there he also does a show grumpy old ben's with a guy named uh uh, uh uh darren o'neill darren o'neill wow i kept saying i wanted to say ryan bemrose like three Ryan times. Bemrose and
0: Ryan Bemrose <laughs> and Grumpy Old Ben. Hey, Grumpy Old Ben. Now, now he had he had a bit of a hot take today. Uh, today's episode, Bacon Dispenser. Yes. I was, I was listening to it uh, while they were doing it live, and a lot of the episode was turned over to this recent uh, Fediverse discussion about about like the CSAM uh, hash lists, right? And so, so like, uh, there, there's this, there's this hit piece that came out of Stanford uh, just recently about uh, about child porn on the on the Fetty, and how like it's a horrible place because we don't have the we don't have anything for filtering it out. And then on page ten, you see what the real purpose of this is, where it's saying this could also be used for other objectionable material with the hint of, like, things that are, like, political, like, politically, thought yeah, thought crime, essentially, right? And and then, like, the discussion, the discussions that were going on, like, between, like, Alex Cleason, who's a big Fetty developer, uh, Moon a little bit, Graf, who runs uh, Post, about, like, how Alex and Graf have been trying to get access to these various lists, so they can add this sort of filtering to their sites. Uh, Graf was trying to deal with the NCMEC, I think it's called, in the United States, and they wouldn't provide service, uh, even though they provide their service through cl- uh, through Cloudflare. That would that would automatically do it because Graph is Canadian, even though the site itself and everything about it is in the states. And then there's the other one, uh, the IWF in Britain. Gleason's been was trying to get uh, the ability to use that for for filtering, and couldn't because they will only provide it to companies who are willing to pay something like ten thousand pounds a month or more yep. hey, for access. Welcome to business. Going, to, going and yeah, it's going to show. It's going to show. These, these organizations don't care as much about uh, about protecting kids as they care about the money or bureaucratic bullshit that keeps them around.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I mean it's a tale told a thousand times.
0: I know. I, I even said it, I even said it today on, uh, on one of my posts that as soon as you introduce bureaucracy to deal with a problem, You've ensured the problem will never go away.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a deep sociological uh, study of this that uh, that I I produced a whole episode for for doing with um, Dean Reiner on his show some years ago, and I don't think we ever really made it. We never really did it, but it's last lost to the annals. But I had a uh, some some there's been studies of how come complex organizations always do this. They all do the same shit over and over and over where they have some
0: iron law, man, Pernell's iron law.
2: It's, it's that. And there was one other, um, there's another, well, maybe, maybe we'll get that episode together and we'll air it one day <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a topic
0: that's not really meant for our podcast because oh. we're, we're silly and dumb here. Uh,
2: yep
1: and uh speaking of let's see i don't want to say speaking uh, kira
0: kurosawa
1: though. made a movie about how horrible bureaucracy is like it, it's about a guy in the 50s who's trying to clear out the swamp that his local park has become and he's mm. just facing bureaucratic bullshit the whole way <laughs> did it so this is kurosawa the um the uh the samurai, seven guy? samurai guy
0: yeah okay yeah
2: cool I don't make films, but if I did, they would have a samurai bowl Not after bowl. Naked ladies episode two fifty nine <laughs> said uh, was good hearty god. That was their most recent episode. That's uh, Spencer and Dame Delorean on their uh, bowling and weed podcast. <laughs> two great things put together. And finally, last on the list, we've got Dad's Anime Podcast uh episode 118 steam sale game semicolon colon are still wrong semicolon, two good manga and one crappy one semicolon, death to microsoft
0: now this brings up something that that abel kirby and i have been debating for months and that is i'm saying that these aren't actually titles it's just a summary of topics for the episode and abel's saying no these are these are the proper episode titles so, Dad, yeah, my- we're,
2: we're wondering what the uh, the answer is, and I'm gonna i I just want to preface by saying I know that it's in the title tag inside the feed. So I I just want to make sure you know I'm aware of what XML tag that it's inside before you answer.
1: Those are the proper titles. Woo-hoo! I wanted to make
0: <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> I, yes!
1: I wanted to make them as long as a visual novel <laughs> names. You see, I've been I've been right about this. I know it.
0: All right, I admit I was wrong
2: then. Okay, and uh, I'm so fucking slow on this board. (laughs) I'm trying. Let's do it. There we go, finally. (laughs) All right, that's the the final blow. All right, Dad, it's been great having you on here. We've been running a little long, and... uh, No, it's been fun. I hope we... uh, we haven't excluded any topic i i i think we should have you on we gotta get cool boy mu on here uh possibly full metal uh uh too i think that's a a, a great series of guests we could get uh, so yeah that'd be cool you can extend yeah. the invite to them uh, i think we will uh we will soon
1: yeah and both of you are welcome on my show
2: <laughs> awesome it, will i have to watch anime
1: to go there Yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> you,
1: you know? All okay. right. We also cover manga and video games. Okay, so. I think I, I think I can succumb to one or two of those
2: things. Um, anyway, uh, this is rare encounter. This is how we end the show. Usually, this I don't even know how it's related to the show at all. This old Casey Blues song <laughs> recorded on wax. Not anime music. Nope. It's just this. Oh. Nope. It's just a guy singing. Old fashioned this way. Yep. So uh, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I'm cold acid.
1: I'm no you. Shut the fuck up,
2: Dad. (laughs) Uh, Stay fruity, boys. Adios.